Well, it's, uh, it's wonderful to be here today. And uh, I just want to, James is going to hate this, but I want to honor James and Lee and this wonderful family. Um, and I know he's cringing inside, but I just want to tell you that these are wonderful friends of ours and great leaders and that you guys are in such a safe space with them. And, um, and it's a great you know, space with great leaders to be able to grow and work out those giftings that God's put in your life. Uh, so I just want to honor them and just they've been a tremendous blessing to us. The inheritance of this church isn't just here. And I hope you all realize that. It's not just here. You've got it in the nations. You've got a real life example just down the road in Oakville. Because we had this church putting in to our church before it even started. Before it was, it was just a concept. It was just something God was doing. So I just want to honor them and, you know, we love you guys and, you know, you're very special to us. So, um, yeah, round of applause for So, yeah, um, a little bit about uh, our story. Uh, you, would have, you would have heard we met James and Lee in 2017. God placed Canada on our hearts um, a while ago. And it might seem strange. Why come from Africa to Canada? Surely missionaries go the other way. They go from Canada to Africa. So uh, for those of you that know, this is a post-Christian country. Um, Protestant, being a Protestant or, or being a Christian uh, statistically is something that's dwindling. Um, I think we're down to 18% as a country. Um, and that's going down every year. But in Jesus' name, not, right? So um, when you look at the stats, the stats say one thing, but we know God's promise is another. And that's why we're here. We, we felt the call of God, um, and we came. And um, I wish it was that easy. And today I'm going to explain to you and hopefully encourage you. Today it's about running. That's what I'm going to share about. I'm going to intertwine our story and the story of Philip as we see in Acts chapter 8. And in life, I don't know if you remember when you were a kid. You only ever ran towards something that you wanted, right? So if your mom said that there was ice cream, you, were, you weren't walking for ice cream. You were running for ice cream, right? Um, and, you know, for us as adults, we can often forget that. The only time we run as adults is if you're running away from something, something's chasing you. <laughs> or if it's something, like, really desperate that you want, like you want tickets to something or you want to get into the front of a queue, those are the only two times we run. Now, I want to introduce something to you. And if you've got your Bibles with you uh, or you do it on your phone, whichever, uh, we're going to open up on Acts chapter 8 and verse 26. And this is an amazing story to me because we often think to ourselves, well, how am I significant? How am I going to do something that changes the kingdom of God? The Bible is filled with loads of people who thought the same thing. The Bible is filled with people that, you know, maybe weren't the, the leader or they, you know, they weren't doing the main thing, but they ended up having a profound effect on the gospel spreading. And my encouragement to us today is we heard it twice. Now, I love it when God pre-plans a message before you get here. Um, I think it's Sean mentioned faithfulness, and your wife mentioned obedience. And those are the two things I'm sharing on today. Obedience towards running into the things that God has for us. Faithfulness because He is faithful. We don't have to necessarily be faithful. He does that. We just need to be obedient because He's good, right? 
So let's open up from Acts chapter 8, verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go towards the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and went, and there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship, and he was returning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him. Can I emphasize that enough? Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, Do you understand what you're reading? And he said, How can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of scripture that he was reading was this, Like a sheep he was led to the slaughter, like a lamb before its shearer is silent. So he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, About whom, I ask you, does the prophet say this, about himself or someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with the scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. I'm going to stop right there. This is such an interesting example. Philip was part of the church, the original church that we see in Acts. And at this point in time, the church had been scattered. So Philip was basically on his own. He had just been to Samaria, and he went and, and preached the gospel. This was part of his DNA. He was part of local church like you are. He was actually a deacon in the local church, so he understood what it meant to work out his gifts in the local church, because that's where you do it. You do it in the safe place, under uh, the good governing leadership that God's put in place. And he was known as Philip the Evangelist. Now, many of you might go, I I'm not an evangelist. I can't talk to people. <laughs> I don't know if there's anyone here that has that problem. But he, he was known as Philip the Evangelist. Because of the result of what happened in his life. We often think, oh, I haven't got the gift of evangelism. Just to give you an idea, that is not a gift. It is a result of something that happens to you inside. Right? So what the heart is full of comes out of your mouth. The least private thing about a Christian can be your faith. Is that okay? So a few things I want to pull out. So Philip has just had some extraordinary things. He's laying hands on people, they're getting healed. He's going near people with demonic possession, demons of running away. And um, he's seeing some incredible things. So Philip's faith at this point is strong. Philip is, Philip is strong in the Lord. He's seeing the Spirit move. And at this point, we see an angel of the Lord saying to Philip, Go rise and go, go to the south road that goes between Jerusalem and Gaza. This is a desert place. So to put you in perspective, this is the Spirit of God telling Philip to go to a very specific place, like a corner road, where there's a desert. There's nothing. Right? 
first step of faith. And what does Philip do? Like I might have done, and I'm going to explain that. <laughs> he didn't say, uh, sorry, which road? It's, but there's nothing there. Well, why am I going there? He didn't. It just says, and he rose and went. You see that this was a lifestyle for him? This was something that was happening all the time. He was, he was hearing God, hearing the Spirit move, and just doing it. So this was a lifestyle for him. Okay, go to this desolate place and just go there. Okay, I'm going. Then he sees this eunuch, this Ethiopian eunuch. Now this person was a, a person of the court. It was someone really important. So he's in the middle of nowhere, and he sees this person, very official person. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes we categorize who it's easier to share the gospel with. Am I the only one who does that? Okay, maybe. But Philip looks, and he sees the eunuch. This, this is a guy of supreme importance. He is managing the treasure of the Ethiopian queen. This is a, the real deal. And... What, is the, what does the angel say to him? Well, it actually says, the Spirit says to him, go over and join this chariot. And what is Philip's response? So Philip ran. Philip ran to him. This is the kid seeing ice cream in front of him. This is us adults trying to get that last ticket to whatever we're going to. He ran. Friends, obedience is something that we can't pretend. We can't motivate our way to obedience. It's something that comes out of the outworking of the Spirit and a trust in the faithfulness of God. And as we take those little steps, and I love what Sean shared, that one thing that you're going to do this week, trust in God and have faith that you will see the outworking of this thing. And this is what we see happen in Philip, uh, with Philip. There's many examples in the Bible. Um, We've just been at, at our church speaking about Moses and Joshua. Joshua had to, he heard from the Lord to do something crazy. He had to march around the city of Jericho seven times on the seventh day. And for six days they had to march around in silence. On the seventh day they had to blow ram's horns all together. I don't know about you, but that's crazy. It's crazy. It's the same as going to a desolate place and just go, wait. What's next, Lord? I don't know. So why am I telling you this? When we came to Canada, when God laid it on our heart, God is a God of faithfulness and grace. And thank God for His grace and His providence. I can't stand here and say, I heard the Lord and I ran like Philip did. I eventually ended up running. But initially I wasn't running. I was probably backpedaling. <laughs> that feeling when you go, oh, oh yes, I must do that. Uh, sorry, I'm sure you meant someone else. No, God means you. And that was our experience of coming to Canada, was God speaking very clearly, uh, being led by the Holy Spirit, working this out with leadership, working it out in local church, seeing the bigger picture. Yes, we are, we're here in Canada, in Mississauga, in Ontario, and there's an important role that this church has and you have here in your community. Can I challenge you that your, your role might be beyond that too? And in fact, it probably is. And 
just in praying about this here today and just confirming it in worship, I just felt as I look back over people here today that God has put a call in your life. Some of you know that call and you might not be running towards it. Like me, you might have been backpedaling for a number of years. But can I tell you that God is so faithful and that he shows so much love that eventually it becomes so impossible to resist him. Not because he's standing with a stick saying, obey me or else. But because he keeps pouring out his love for you. And you're like, Lord, I know you told me to do this. You're doing all incredible things. Okay, I can't say no. I'm just going to do it. And that's how it's been for us. And it's been trusting God in those little journeys, in those little things that he says, here, I'm putting this in front of you. Go speak to that person. Go tell this person about the word. Martin Lloyd-Jones um, makes a really good point. He says, throughout history, we see so many examples of where the spirit has moved. And the spirit has told people, go and speak to someone. Go and share the gospel. Because we don't know the ultimate impact, right? Now, that, that eunuch that uh, Philip had shared the gospel with, do you know that that eunuch was responsible for sharing the gospel to the whole of Ethiopia? So let's just have a look at what Philip had to do. Philip had to go to a weird place, go sit in a guy's chariot, and proclaim Jesus. That's what he did. Now, at the end of that verse, something really amazing happens. And I, I was sharing this with my wife because it always amazes me when I read it. And I'm like, I don't know how people could just gloss over this. <laughs> um, it says, this is when he, when he was finished chatting to, uh, to the eunuch. And when they came up out of the water, being baptized, the spirit of the Lord carried Philip away. And the eunuch didn't see him anymore. Like, hello. This isn't like 1500 B.C., this is like after Jesus died and resurrected. Friends, this is amazing stuff. This is why the Word of God is alive and true. And the Spirit of God talks through His Word to us. And He can speak to us directly in our situations that we're in, whether it's in, in work. Um, I, I work in, in this, the secular world, Monday to Friday. And the opportunities are there for us. When you hear that prompting of the word, you don't know where that person is going to be delivering a message to an unreached people group. You don't know where that person that you've just been obedient in the first step is going to do something incredible. We all know that story. You may or may not know it about the Sunday teacher that shared the gospel with Billy Graham. That Sunday school teacher just did what he was always doing was going to share at Sunday school, did his prep diligently. His obedience was this big. But the result was this big. Right? And that's the encouragement, is that God's kingdom is a kingdom of multiplication, not for our benefit, for his glory. So he, he has this obedience in front of us. He is faithful to us. And there's an incredible reward at the end. So something else I wanted to share with you is, and C.S. Lewis describes it like this, and it's so true. You know, why are we hesitant? Why don't we run? We've got to ask ourselves the question. I, 
I don't want to stand here and be an inspirational preacher to you or motivational one. When we preach the Word of God and we proclaim the Word of God, there's got to be transformation. Friends, do, do, do we get this? Like we, we can't spectate a church. There has to be transformation in our hearts. So why don't we run? C.S. Lewis has got a really good way of putting it. He says, um, there are two kids, imagine two kids, sitting in an alleyway, maybe, maybe this alleyway over here, and they're playing in the dirt. And they're having a great time. And someone comes up to them and says, hey kids, do you want to go for a two-week holiday at the sea, at the beach? And the kids go, no, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to play in the dirt. We're having a good time. Because they can't fathom what a two-week holiday at the sea is like. They can't fathom it, so they, they stay where they are. Friends, Philip knew what a two-week holiday at the sea was like. So when given the opportunity, what did he do? He ran. So friends, in closing today, and this is just a short message, the message is... Are we going to run? Are we going to be like those two kids that just sat playing in the dirt? Or are we going to run? Now, every single person here today, God has a plan, call, and purpose on your life. And you're not too young. You're not too old. You're not too significant or insignificant. He's got a plan for you. And the question is, do we realize the riches that are in Christ? Are we happy to just play in the mundane things of this world? Do we want to be inspired or do we want to be transformed? So, in closing today, um, I just felt it's important um, if you believe that God has got a call on your life and that you need to run, if we can just close our eyes, and whether you're online or you're here, I'm going to ask you to stand up. And if you believe that God has got a call in your life to start running, whatever that is, and be like Philip, I'm going to ask you to stand right now as a evidence of faith, as an evidence of being obedient. You know it's in your heart. Yeah. Yeah. While we were worshipping uh, this morning, I, I just sensed that there was someone here today, or maybe more than one, and as we sang that song about God's promises and God's faithfulness, I felt that my heart was aching. I had a pain in my heart. And I, I said to the Lord, what, what is this? And I saw a picture of a heart shattered into a million pieces. And, and I'm not sure if it's somebody, for somebody here today, maybe it's, maybe it's more than one. But I felt like God has spoken something over your life. 
And everything that has happened from that moment has looked like your life has gone in the opposite direction. Mm. And I just felt like you were dealing with a very shattered and broken heart. And as we sang that, that beautiful song about God's promises and His faithfulness, I just sensed in Him this incredible grace and, and favor that He just wanted to come and pour out a resurrection power into your heart and into your life, that the things that he said are true and that he is faithful. And the verse that I had on my heart was Hebrews 10, verse 23, and it says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And I felt to remind you that the Lord is always faithful. He is steadfast, loyal, true, never failing and never forsaking us and that you can rely on his unending faithfulness towards you today and just in some of what steve has shared um you know the promises that god has spoken over your life where maybe you're even doubting it where you've said no lord you've got the wrong person yeah you know like god god is this incredible god that brings our stories to life he brings i wear this locket around my neck um, and inside is just little things. I've got a ring. I've got the, the Canadian maple leaf. I've got a compass. I've got an arrow. And I've got a lighthouse. And each one of those little things represents something that God has spoken to me many years back. That he's kind of brought together into this, this season that we in now in Oakville. In Oakville, there's a lighthouse that kind of marks. It marks. It's like a landmark almost at the, at the downtown harbor of Oakville. And the Lord spoke a very specific word to me about that lighthouse. I didn't know there was a lighthouse in Oakville until I walked on the streets of Oakville. And the little maple leaf was part of our story, just, just a leaf that I had designed for my company in South Africa, but it was actually the maple leaf of Canada, part of this puzzle that he was leading us towards. And the, and the ring that I've got in here was this incredible pro- prophetic picture that God gave us that confirmed that it was his plan that we would move to Canada, Oakville. And so, friends, I want to remind you um, of the promises that God has spoken over your life because we are nothing special. James and Lee are nothing special. I know that they will say that of themselves. We say that all the leaders, God, you are all special. We are all children of the Most High King. Mm. And He has something that only you can give the world in Amen. Him. And so if anything, if anything that you, that you leave today after hearing that amazing, challenging, inspiring message is to trust in the Lord for what He said over your life and to keep saying yes to Him. Yeah. Keep saying yes in your steps of obedience to Him because He leads us and He leads us faithfully. And he leads us gloriously. And our reward is in heaven with Christ. Thanks, honey. So um, as we, as we uh, are standing, um, even those who are seated, whether you're online or here, um, you know, I can speak words, but I think the Holy Spirit can do more. And just for 20 seconds, just let the Holy Spirit... Do what he's doing with you, reminding you 
those words that Melissa just spoke about now. 20 seconds, and then I'll, I'll pray to, to us, for us to close. Father, we, we thank you for uh, every person here, Lord, who's taken that step of obedience, to a step of faith, who, Father, is acknowledging and reaching out to you. And, Lord, we know that when we reach out to you, you are there. You know, Jesus says he knocks on the door, and we need to open that door for him. So, Lord, I just thank you for every single person here, for the plans and purposes you have on their life, Lord. Please, Lord, let next week not look like last week Lord let the decisions that are taken this week not look like last week and last month and last year and I speak this over myself Lord as much as with everyone else Lord let us run to you let us run to the things that you are calling us to do give us the excitement of little children as we follow you in obedience in the things that you have in our lives Lord Thank you, Father, for each and every beautiful person that we've seen here today. Oh, Lord, I just feel a little bit of your love for every single person here. Thank you for them, Lord. Holy Spirit, I pray that you fill them with your love and your guidance, Lord, and let the little whispers of your voice be loud in their ears, Lord, loud in my ears, loud in our ears. Lord, we know that the time is coming, Lord, when we're going to see revival, Lord. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Are we good now? There we go. Wonderful. Steve, Melissa, thank you so much for that. I just wanted to, uh, we have a brand new married couple here this morning, and I'd like to call them up. So Enoch and Sarah. Our newest married couple in Lifehouse. We just want to come up and honor you this morning. So we had the privilege of, of marrying these two a couple of weeks back. And unfortunately, in typical COVID situation, it had to be a very small ceremony. But it's just, you know, such, such a privilege to uh, have you guys here this morning. And uh, let's just, just all pray for them as a, as a community this morning. And, well, Lord, I just thank you for these two for just your incredible love for them and your love for marriage, your love for the covenant of marriage. And Lord, as we are here as a community, we stand with our arms. Guys, let's just like reach out our arms to them symbolically in our support of them as a couple. And, and Lord, we, we do. We support them. And Lord, we're just committed to them, committed to their future, committed to, to all the purposes you have over their life and over this marriage. And Lord, we just bless them, you know, with, with just your abundant life in every area of their life and their marriage as they go into this new season of life. Amen. <laughs> well, James put me on the spot here. Put us, put us on the spot. 
Uh, we just want to say thank you to everyone, you know, for your prayers, for uh, Lifehouse, you know, your support. Um, Lee and Nana, you guys are amazing. Uh, we, ha we had to deal with wind, and that was crazy, but you guys, uh, thank you everyone, though, for your prayers. I really appreciate it. Awesome. <laughs> Love you guys. Love you. Well, it's, pardon me, pulling up my phone. Guys, it's been a great morning. It's been great being with all of you. It was a great message from Steve and Melissa. Here's, here's something that they didn't say. And I just, I want to encourage you, for all of us that stood, said we know there's plans and purposes that God has for us, and it's about running into them. You know, Jesus said this interesting thing. And when he talked about, you know, that without dying, nothing can come. But when, when a seed falls into the ground and dies, it produces something that's 10, 50, 100-fold. And, and us living in the purposes of God in our life does involve us dying to the, you know, maybe the plans and purposes that we had or some of the comforts and conveniences that we would want in our life. You know, Steve and Melissa gave up. We, we visited their house in South Africa. We visited, you know, they lived in a nice, warm, beautiful climate, in a beautiful home, in a wonderful community, in an amazing big church. They had lots, you know, family around them, you know, family literally living with them, you know, lots of close friends. And they, they gave up all of it, right? They gave up all of it to come specifically to plant a church here in Oakville. And it's not easy. And many of you know that because you've moved from other countries here. You know, you've come for work. You've come for opportunity. You come from different, for different things. So you understand the reality of leaving behind, you know, what it is. You understand what that is. You know, what it is to leave your friends and family behind and go somewhere else. You know, and I just, I want to encourage you that I, I believe there's many here that will be used by God to start many things, to do many things, to support many things. You've been sent here with a purpose. You know? and, and it does. It will involve dying to maybe some of the ideas that you came with or why you came. You know? And leading a church, if that is something God calls you into, that's dying on a whole different level. So don't ever go. I, I'm gonna, you know, someone told us before we led a church, if there's anything else you'd rather do, go and do it. And they're right. And we love all of you. And we love leading Lifehouse. But it's, it's a difficult, it, it is not, uh, it's not an easy journey. You know? But it's a fruitful one. You know? And, the, and it's a one that is, we see the reality in each one of your lives of the benefits that come from laying down your life in that way. And so, guys, love you all. It's such a privilege to serve you. It's a privilege to walk with people like Steve and Melissa. It's a privilege to walk with all of you. And let's see what God's going to do in the coming months and coming years in all of our lives. Amen? Amen. Welcome. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>